Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shannick. We're glad that you joined us wherever you are, in whatever country or continent you are listening from. We appreciate all of your love and support. Thank you so much. If you haven't left a review already, do so on Apple Podcasts. Leave stars on Spotify. Leave stars on Apple Podcasts. Share this on your yeah. socials. Text it to a friend. Share do the this dang episode. Thing. Share do this it. podcast. Yes. Just do it. A lot has happened over the last week. The Queen of England has passed, mm-hmm. and that is crazy. Yeah, I mean, someone who's been, I think, over 70 years, they said, on the throne for England. Crazy. But that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> I don't know I don't, why you, I right shared out of, that. From nowhere. I, I, <laughs> that's it just, okay. It wasn't in the notes. It just came yeah. out. Question of the week. Well, I mean, if we're going to just stay there with random stuff, I mean, NFL season kicked off this week. Yeah. Which, I mean, I love it. I, don't, I, I like it now even more that I play fantasy. Fantasy football, which my wife called... Uh, virtual, virtual football. football. <laughs> she told her friends that I was away at a virtual football draft. Oh, that is hilarious. Which I might just call fantasy football virtual football from here on out. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It is virtual. What else happened? Oh, we had 9-11. Never forget. Mm-hmm. Crazy. We did something yeah. crazy for our church that we've never done in the history of church ministry. Yeah, broke up into groups during a service. It was crazy. Dude, I married somebody at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning. What, like this someone, past week, you married somebody other than Mel. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, yeah, I officiated oh, a wedding. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice catch on wait, that. Wait, you officiated a wedding? Yeah, you know my buddy Jay, who helped me with all my yeah. rental property stuff. Um, yeah, him and his significant other decided to finally pull the trigger, and it was beautiful. They live right on top of like Paoli Pike, with that overlook of Louisville, right around sun, uh, sunrise. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. Anyway, a lot happened. You this did week. it in person. Oh yeah, showed up. Just Amazing. it was three of us, me, them two, and the camera guy. Well, I ask in person is because like six years ago you married somebody. <laughs> oh, you're gonna through, bring this up? Absolutely. That's what I first thought about. Oh my god, you married somebody through FaceTime. Yeah, FaceTime. They were in Indonesia. Uh huh. Well, I mean, it wasn't gonna be like uh, for like the state paperwork, you know, for them, but they just wanted to be married in the eyes of God, and so he went over there, found him a Indonesian bride, and they wanted to get married, and so. I said, FaceTime me when you get over there. And I did the whole little ceremony. And I still have the video of it on my phone. <laughs> Reggie and I, I were- I cannot just, believe you brought that up in we this podcast. We were dying laughing. Oh. There's so many stories. We should just tell stories one day. Oh, man. That Question was a good of the one, week. Though. All right, well, we got Time that you are the most proud of yourself. Oh, man. You actually did. A lot of these questions I don't get in advance. You sent me this question last Friday. And you said, just think about this over the weekend. And I'm going to be honest. I had a very hard time with this. And I don't know, if, I don't know if it's because like I'm so hard on myself, like as a leader, um, I am very critical of myself. So even if I did something well, I always focus on the things that I could improve on. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that's, I think, a, a good skill to have, but also when it's done maybe in excess, use that as an excuse, right? To- in excess, then it, you know, you never are able to just be settled and be at peace and something you've done. And so honestly, or celebrate what you, I mean, there's a few small things. Um, I remember 2012, uh, just coming on board. Um, the transition I made to take over pastor brought on Reggie. Um, and then six months later you came on board and getting that whole thing settled. I rearranged and got the board of at the time cornerstone, um, kind of settled. And we, really built a foundation over a year that we're still like reaping the benefits of those decisions in that year. So I'm like, well, that's okay. There's still a lot of things I could have done different. I mean, we had a lot of people, not a ton, but some people transition out. I and just thought of it. 
I just yeah. thought of the moment you're the most proud of yourself because okay. we talked off the mic and we said, hold on, we need to start recording because <laughs> what you're sharing in these emotions are very good. We should get them on the podcast. And I just thought of the moment you're the most proud of yourself, but continue and then I'll share. Yeah, it. no, it's okay. And then, so, you know, that was a great year. And then I was thinking about whenever I pulled the trigger on my first rental home and yeah. in 2015 and, uh, after talking about it for two or three years, I'm like, man, I'm just doing it. And I am proud of that, but at the same time, I feel a little guilt around where I'm at in life. And not that I've um, necessarily earned or deserve or worked hard for where I'm at, because I have, and I put in a lot of work, mm -hmm. effort, time, like maybe more than more than m most people that I know um, in, a, in a similar situation, similar season that I am. But at the same time, like, you know, my dad helped me out uh, getting that first home. You know, he showed me the ropes on what to do. He, he came by and helped me fix and get it ready to flip. Like, it, it's just one of those things like, man, a lot of people don't have what I have. So like, and I, I've needed help along the way in my entire life from people. So it's like, I don't know, how can I be proud of something that I just, um, I don't know. I feel like I haven't done anything like on my own fully. Like I've had help yeah. along the, along the way in everything in church ministry and building and working in the financial world and flipping houses and real estate. Like I've just gotten help along yeah. the way. So this question is very hard. I know we've, we've taken a lot of time already on this no. simple question, but it's hard for me to determine a time I was proud of myself for real. Yeah. Heard. I get it. And we're actually going to be talking a little bit about that critical spirit because oftentimes we have a critical spirit about ourselves and we don't view ourselves properly and it affects every area of our life. But you just said you don't think of any accomplishments I you do had know on your own. Time. Yeah. What? No, you say it. No, you say it. I was going to say, dude, I lost 81, 81 pounds. 81 pounds. That's exactly days. what I was going to say. As you're saying, yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> okay. Many of us have had help along the way. In fact, I don't know if you coined it or not, but you talk about life is less about pioneering and more about partnership. Yeah. And everything that we do, you need people to help you in every area of life. Yeah. In fact, everything that we believe about Christianity is done in some type of a community because you need each other. We were right. designed and created for each other. And so I get your guilt around that. And sometimes that reality might not allow us to see our accomplishments, but there's yeah. a very That's individual a very accomplishment of you doing P90X for two, two rounds, two rounds in a row, days. 180 days and lost 81, 81 pounds. pounds. Yep. That is crazy. Yep. That, I, that's what I was thinking about okay. is one of your, you should be the most proud of that. Of that. Be, and sure. Hold on, hold on. Not just losing the 81 pounds. I would say, when did that happen? You lost it in 2011? 2011. Because I met you in 2012, so I don't mm -hmm. even know Fat Shanik. Nope. And that is a testament to you because for 10, 11 years, you've kept it off. Yeah. I mean, I put on like 20, 25 pounds of more muscle, but yeah. But you, okay, that was by design though, because yeah. you didn't like what you became at yeah, I didn't like that. Pounds. I didn't like to be that skinny. So you I like to be up. muscular, more muscular. Right. But you've consistently been within a 10 pound range since I've known yeah. you, which is an incredible feat. You should be pretty proud about yourself for that because many people don't have that story. Yeah, no, you're right. Sorry. We're having a moment on this podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to lock eyes with him and he's uh, looking down. I am. Uh, you're not making eye contact with I me am. and I'm trying to. I'm so critical of myself. I'm like, okay, yeah, that man. was great. And I am proud of myself for doing that. But then man, there's just still so many things. I then this change. episode is for you. It's for me. So what about you? <laughs> what, what, what was the time that you were most proud of yourself? <laughs> Honestly, I just said that this episode is for you, but this episode is also for me because I had a very hard time coming up with an answer. 
right off the top of my head, it was the time I, um, I wrote my first book, published mm -hmm. my first book, mm -hmm. which I have three now, but that first one was like, wow. I know, um, one of our spiritual friends talks about how the richest places in the world are graveyards because right. that's where books and songs that were never written have gone and died. And I, that kind of motivated me to release that first book and forever I have words on a page that will outlive me. So it's kind of a cool, I think I'm most proud about that. I think I could come up with other things. This past month, I bought my first rental house and that was a huge accomplishment as uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm proud super, of you for that too. super frugal. Yep. Uh, this, this past week I celebrated 10 years at Hill City Cornerstone Church and that's like a huge feat within itself. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud for a lot of things, I guess, but no, I love it. So yeah. today we said it's for both of us last yeah. week. If you are still listening after that long rant, yeah. uh, it was good for us. It was good. It was good for me. We, we talked about death by distraction. That's the four week series we're going to be in. And last week, uh, you're going to have to remind me, oh, we talked about comparison yeah. and how that really you know, kills us and how comparison kills. Well, this week we want to continue in that conversation of the death by distraction, what ultimately kills us slowly. And this one, uh, like a lot of the other ones, uh, is a mental battle, but it is negativity. Negativity. So let's talk about negativity today. Yeah. Well, the opposite of, you can uh, often figure out what, you know, Something how, to, is. how to define a word or understand it better by learning its opposite. So obviously right. the opposite of negative thinking is positive thinking or confidence. And I, I believe that confidence is given to you from God. It's personally what I believe. I think you can grow in your confidence by really growing and knowing who you are and not based on what you do in the kingdom of God, but recognizing what Christ has done on your behalf. And so I know for me personally, I want to be someone who helps people believe that they matter that and make them better. You know, we talked about making the boat better a couple of weeks ago. That is like a life goal mission for me is when I walk in the room. Yeah. I know a lot of people that know me real well, know that I'll be inappropriate, loud, obnoxious, sometimes annoying, most times annoying. And I get that. That's part of my personality. But the other times I, I like when it gets real and spiritual and when people uh, are in the dumps, I want them to know that man, Corey helped lift me out of that, or he gave a word for me, or he is an encourager when it really matters. And I think that's, is really important because negativity is so easy to fall into the trap of. We even see this publicly, like on political campaigns. We've talked about this before is how smear campaigns are the number one type of campaign. It's right. let's, let's not promote what I'm going to change. Let's promote yeah. how many bad things I know about this person and slander them. And we eat it up because right. we love it. Yeah. Let, let me not promote my good qualities because maybe someone's else's good qualities might be better than mine. So instead of promoting my good qualities or what I want to do and the decisions I want to make, let me just actually put down another person. And so by putting someone else down though, we create a negative framework for our own thinking about ourselves eventually. And so this idea of confidence is huge though. And I know a friend of ours and friend of the ministries, Dan Dyer, you know, this idea of confidence, we think it's all, oh, we got to be big, bad, strong. We can go out and we can move mountains, but we have to also understand that, you know, in that scripture where Jesus says, you know, say to this mountain, be moved and it be moved. Well, really, sometimes God doesn't doesn't necessarily move the mountain. Rather, he builds you up so much that that mountain becomes a molehill in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's all about perspective. So everything that we talk about, honestly, on this podcast, I feel like comes back to the perspective that we have. And that's what confidence really is. It's the perspective of ourself where we see ourselves the way that God sees us with the potential and the fullness in he, which he created us in. Yeah. Let me go on a rant real quick Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of bad theology 
around this. It comes from Romans chapter 3. If you go into your written Bible and, and open up to Romans chapter 3, write it about somewhere between 7 and 8 or 8 and 9. They'll have one of those like title breaks that uh, translators have included, but it wasn't originally there. Right, like the section breaks? Section yeah. break, yeah. And, they've, and they titled the section, at least in the NIV version, they've titled it, The No One is Righteous. And people will quote this all the time because Romans 3, 10 and 11 says this, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. And I just want to spread, shed some light. This is context. Uh, in Romans chapter three, Paul is speaking here, but he's quoting, um, I think it's Isaiah or it's Ecclesiastes seven and Psalm 14 and Psalm 53. And so Romans three, 10 and 11, uh, actually Romans three, 10 through 18, because I'm looking at it right now, is all a quote from the Old Covenant, the Hebrew Scriptures. And so let me just read this yeah. in its context. Well, isn't that, real quick before you read it, isn't it like Romans, it's actually called diatribe, where it's right. the writer's writing the full thought out, but he's using old quotes or what other people say and answering it within the context of it. But when we take things out of context or a verse, like you're saying, or two verses, especially from the book of Romans, more than any other verse in the New Testament, mm-hmm. we can get, very bad theology. Yeah. And this is basically what you're saying. Right? Yeah. Because this breeds negative thinking about yourself. And we've kind of, kind of just like hidden it under, well, it's just the scriptures or right. it's just how God right. feels about it. So there's you. none not righteous, not even one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no right. one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who sees God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongue practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. End quote. So that's a quote, first of all. Then he continues, verse 19. Now that we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Then there's another page break in your scriptures, and it talks about righteousness through faith. But remember the context of what Paul is doing right now. Verse 21, but, one of the biggest buts of the Bible. But, now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testified. Verse 22, this righteousness is given through faith of Christ Jesus to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yet, verse 24, but all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Yeah. Which means when people say there's no one righteous, quoting Romans 3, 11, yeah. they don't quote the whole thing because right. it literally goes on to say, actually, everybody's righteous because of Jesus. Right. Yeah, because the truth is no one is righteous if people are still under the law, which if Jesus fulfilled the law, they're not under the law No anymore. one, No one in 21st century America has been born under the law. Nobody. Not one. So that means you are 100% righteous because of what Jesus did. Yep. Awaken to the reality. Believe what is actually already true of you. Yeah, and of others. And so this is like one of those confidence makers that once you understand that everybody is righteous, you can start to see the righteousness in them because of Christ. You can start pulling that righteousness out and you live with a confidence that's not your own and it's not based on your accomplishments, achievements, athletic ability, intelligence. Uh, It's not based on your good looks. It's not based on what you can offer the world. No, confidence comes from God, and it's a free gift to every human being. And our job as human beings is to pull that confidence out of other people by speaking life and encouragement over them and rant. I love it. And so I just, yeah, like this whole piece. That was so good. Hopefully that was helpful for you. It it is. It it helps in changing 
and shifting our view of not only ourselves but of other people. We have an identity crisis within the church, and it's the church's fault because we forget to tell them who they are, who yeah. the people are, and build them up in this. In fact, uh, one of we talk about Reggie a lot in this podcast because he's one of our best friends. He used to do ministry with us day in day out. His wife Hannah. When, back when she was writing a blog, I actually had to look this up before the podcast because it was written in 2016. Hannah, if you're listening to this, you need to get back to writing. And I know you're a very busy woman, but you got some good things to say. She wrote a blog called The Habit You Absolutely Have to Kick. And I still have it saved in my phone. And it's all about negative self-talk and how we are the loudest voice we hear. And it's often negative talk about who we are, what we've done, what we are going to bring into the world. And I loved her perspective on it. I encourage you, you can go Google that uh, by Hannah Beasley, The Habit You Absolutely Have to Kick. It's well worth your time, trust me. And uh, I just think it's really important that we address this negative self-talk. I want you to know that as we're addressing this and we're going to give you some um, thought-provoking conversation around negativity, this is something that I still struggle with. And still have to overcome, even though I feel like I'm a pretty confident person because I know who I am in Christ. There are still moments and situations that will create lies that I believe about who I am even today. So know that this is a work in progress, but it's one of those things that are that is killing us from the inside out if we don't get that. The first one that a negative spirit does is a negative spirit breeds criticism. Yep. Facts. And again, there is, what's the positive critical like? Um, constructive Constructive criticism. criticism. Obviously there's constructive criticism, but th- that should only come from people that you've allowed to speak into your life. Right. And it, any person that does give constructive criticism that doesn't have a voice in your life, I would bring that constructive criticism to people that you know and love and care about and say, hey, this person said this. Do you find that to be a fair judgment? And I've done this to you oftentimes with you is someone will say something and I'll be like, dude, this person said this. And sometimes you'd be like, yeah, you should probably contemplate that and look into it and fix it. Or, Hey, yeah, you can dismiss that. That's not a fair judgment. And I think that that's a good thing. But I, I often think, at least for me, I'll hide behind, oh, I'm just giving constructive criticism. And what really is, is you challenged me like four or five years ago that I'm just too critical about a lot of things, about uh, church transitions, Sunday mornings, life, work, everything. And you're like, bro, you have become so critical that it's like rubbing off on people. And I was creating a culture within our team of criticism and it wasn't healthy. And I pre- I've always appreciated that, that you called that out because that's been something that even though I, I still have a long ways to go in it, I feel like I've come very far. And so I celebrate those baby steps over the last four or five years. As yeah, I think but that's that not I'm, something like you just said that you would have been able to receive for, from very many people. Yeah it wouldn't have been able to be received from maybe somebody that you was maybe criticizing or something because people might not have the heart, you know, behind it or that really know. And I knew all, everything you did was from a place of let's, let's get better. Let's have, you know, better services, better structure. Let's do things in a higher level of excellence. And and I agree with all of that stuff. I want to, I want the things that I do and I'm a part of to be done in excellence, but I feel like, there is this tension uh, on the line of, of course, we all know this excellence versus perfection. Mm-hmm. And we teeter that la- line. And when we're teetering it, I think it also, or we all, or we most often sometimes fall across that line into perfection and not even knowing it, but we do it, do it. And we just say, no, I'm just trying to be excellent yeah, and use that as an excuse. But I, I appreciate you allowing me to speak into your life with that criticism for yeah. sure. I actually just looked it up on my notes right now in front of me. We actually did a, a podcast episode, episode seven, way back in the day, wow. over a year and a half ago, yeah. 
on dealing with criticism. And one of the things we talked about were the difference between a coach and a critic. Mm. And you can go back and listen to that. I'm not going to unpack that here, but I would say the reason why it was so easy for me to listen to it is because you are a coach in my life. You're not a critic, but it's really important that we tackle that because a negative spirit does breed criticism. Yeah. The second thing a negative spirit does is it encourages complaining. Mm. And so of course, if you find yourself criticizing or if you find yourself complaining consistently, then you might want to check your heart because maybe you're being negative of yourself or of others. And honestly, negativity, you know, it, it isn't something where it is done in an, I guess with a heart or, um, just with this essence of grace and generosity, right? Negativity is more selfish in nature. And I, I always just find that, um, if we have time to complain, then we're not spending time actually make a difference in serving other people because yeah. when we serve others, right, it actually takes the focus and attention off of ourselves and puts it on someone else. And then our selfishness actually diminishes. Hmm. Right. You know, and I think that's the whole thing. But what Paul was trying to say when he said, you know, I must decrease so that Christ can increase. And I don't think he was saying, let me look, look at myself less or right. be, you know, me, you know, I don't want to say meek and humble, but you know what I mean when I say that, yeah. like, cause we, you already have this yeah. thing on, on humility, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I'm just trying to, you know, yeah. when he says I must decrease, he's not trying to say I have to be this little worthless nothing so that Christ can increase in my life. It's no having the mindset of, uh, of Christ, which was serving other people. And yeah. when you serve other people, you elevate them. And at this, at the same time, it actually fills you as well. Totally. So. How can I empower others while not diminishing who God created me to be? Yeah. It's super, super value. I think C.S. Lewis has that quote is a true humility is uh, not thinking less of yourself, just of yourself less. Yeah. And that goes right in line. I know he, Paul even challenged the church in uh, Philippians or Philippi in Philippians 2.14, do everything without grumbling and complaining. That's really hard to yeah. practice because he said, do everything. And I find myself grumbling and complaining about a lot of things. So it's a challenge to me. Number three, a negative spirit can't praise. Proverbs twelve eighteen. the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And I love that. That's why, again, Paul challenged a lot of the churches to do everything with praise and do everything thanking God the Father through Christ Jesus. And it's very hard to praise when you can't help but focus on the negative. Yeah. Good stuff. Three things. A negative spirit breeds criticism. A negative spirit encourages complaining. And a negative spirit can't praise. And there's actually, uh, we can close this episode. We had uh, our children's pastor, Tish Striegel. Big shout out. She's an amazing children's pastor. I'm so great. And I know she's listening to this sometime. Tish, we love you so much. I'm so thankful for who you are and what you've done into specifically my own kids, Henry and Scarlett. You are such a lover of kids, and I'm so grateful for you. You came out with this list, I think like four or five years ago, because I wrote it down. I have it in my notes from a long time ago. You wrote the 10 reasons why Debbie Downer, Wendy Weiner, Negative Ned, or Complaining Charlie have bad eyesight. And I thought it was so good that we brought it back to this podcast. We're just going to have a a fun time going through these 10 things uh, real quick. We'll go back and forth. Do you want to do the first one, or I'll do the first one? Yeah, I got it. So the first one is... Uh, if you are one of those things that Corey just mentioned with those personality traits, number one, you might make things look worse than they are. So at the end of the day, when people complain, they focus only on what's wrong and they actually look past the positive. Things might be mostly fine. A majority of percentage, it's okay, but complainers only talk about the problems. Number two, it becomes a habit. 
the more you complain, the easier it gets. So the more you focus on the negative, the harder it is to see the positive. Yeah. Oh, here's a big one. Number three, you get what you are focused on. If you believe the world is getting worse, then your world will be worse. And that goes back, I think, the complaining uh, episode last week. There was a, a proverb that talked about, you know, what we focus on if we're, you know, having a bad day, then all, you know, negative outlook on life, all of our days will be bad. But the 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 day of the, come on, help me out here. The day of the. Give her the. the oh. oh, it was Proverbs fifteen fifteen. Yeah. You got it. I was trying to go somewhere. Yeah, but I saw your outlook on life. It, you, you know, you'll you have actually, a continual feast. You, continue, you got yeah. it. It'll come around. I, all it's, the days, it's coming to me. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Yeah, that's exactly what this is talking <laughs> about. You get what you're focused on. What, yeah. Sorry. That. that took no. me a little bit to get there, but we got there. Proverbs fifteen fifteen. Go look it up. <laughs> Number four is living a negative life makes you competitive with other negative people. Check this out. Your focus becomes not whose life is more blessed, but how bad is your life? You try to top negative people by exaggerating your facts to top their tragic stories. You ever been around somebody like this? Happens all the time. The topper, the story topper, and it happens around <laughs> negative people. <laughs> oh, man. I think I'm just like getting called out here. I'm thinking, do I do this? Do I do this? I know well, it's I good. do this. good. It's good to check no, yourself. it is good. Number five, it discourages people around you. If you are always negative and complaining, you cast a hopeless feeling around you into those who interact with you. Facts. Number six, it kills the solution to problems. Negativity creates hopelessness and kills any creativity, strategy, or positive solutions. You are left with a feeling that nothing will work, so why even try? Hmm. Number seven, complainers favor other complainers. Negative people favor the other negative people. You shoot down any positive words, even from your friends, and side with those who agree with your negative remarks. Number eight, <laughs> it creates bad relationships. Being in favor of complaining and negativity produces and creates relationships and friendships that unite you with them based on one common thing. Life sucks. Oh, man. Eeyore. <laughs> what? I don't know. That's the first thing I thought of. Life. Because you said life sucks. I'm uh. like... Woe is me. Woe is uh, me. Number nine, it creates clicks. Because your outlook is hopeless, you create division among people. And number 10, negativity and complaining is bad for your health. People who are positive actually live longer and are more healthy. They have more friends, enjoy life more, are more successful because they are thankful. Yeah. And I believe that to be true. I would actually like to look up a study now this week to see if it's been done. I'm sure it has. Do it. I don't have any. Or if you have a study or research that for yourself, email us, call us, text me. I want to know. Do it. Yeah. So death by distraction. Remember we showed you that image. Actually, we showed you the image again this week because it's on socials of the four different directions, pulling limbs apart. Honestly, if you don't get negativity in check, it will destroy you from the inside out. This is a Trojan horse that will rot you. Yeah. So let's kill negative self-talk before it kills you. And with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.